0: I'm here with the McManus brothers, filmmakers of Block Island Sound, and a lot of other stuff uh, that's about to, I don't remember, my mind is so boggled, but it's about to premiere at Fantasia, like tonight, right? Like, yeah. Tonight, brothers, yeah. Right? yeah. Like you have a live, I think I think I have a live set, like reminder for like, right after this, right? Uh, or, like yeah. really soon, You're, it's, 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 like, it's in the next few hours, your premiere, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to do the math.
1: We're in L.A. right now, but yeah, it is... Uh, yeah, two, three hours, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Somewhere in that ballpark. <laughs> well, cool. Having <laughs> to subtract three hours is just too hard for my brain to work. No, <laughs> I've,
0: been, I've been cramming, so, like, I'm sure you're... Do- we're, we're, like, doing the same thing, because, like, you're doing back-to-backs of these, and I'm, like... I, I, I have four of these t- in a row with wow. different filmmakers, and it's awesome. Oh, my God, like, I love it, but it is mush yeah it it does become at some point like like what am i like you know shifting from like you know it just tones you know like totally it's yeah it's funny because normally i so my show is not normally like all it's really the only time that this happens is with film festivals when i go like a bunch of films in a row because i fucking love film festivals i've been doing this like I've been going to festivals and watching 10 movies in a row, like since I'm like 16, probably. Like, uh, I'm, uh, best, the best. But like most of the time I'll have like a tea episode and then like a DJ who I, who I know, or, you know, an entrepreneur doing like uh, shoes, you know, sne- a Nike collab. And then like a writer or something. It's rare that I'm like, filmmakers, actors, DPs, like, so, but it's cool. It's like, because it, film is my favorite anyway, so. Well, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And Fantasia lineup is, is really good. I don't know
1: if you get a chance to watch stuff, but
0: I've really yeah. loved it.
1: We've been trying to dive in as much as possible. And it's it's funny because obviously the virtual year, it's super unusual. Uh, yeah. But every time I watch a film, I feel like I'm transported to Montreal. We have this like little projector thing going on in her office. Nice. And we bring it down, turn the lights off and watch it. And it starts off with like, you know, the French advertisements. And I'm like, I feel like I'm here. I feel like I'm in one of those very intimate uh, theaters and getting to watch it, you know. Honestly, in the time of the pandemic, any escape is like the best. And right now it's like, this has been the best escape. I like feel the least isolated I've felt uh, throughout this whole process. Have you been watching, are you,
0: pandemic film watchers is that like yeah i've definitely been watching
1: oh oh you mean like as like a genre pandemic
0: like no there's some people who are just like really fucking watching films like for, you know,
1: I've like avoided like contagion and shit. Like I'm not like a masochist here, (laughs) but no, I've definitely been diving in. That's what's been so great about this. I watched uh, feels good man the other day and was like totally knocked out by that documentary.
0: I was just Uh, looking at the, yeah, I was looking at, at at some, uh, the Fantagraphics um, his comics publisher is doing a talk today. And I was looking on my Instagram at that. Um, oh, I haven't correct. seen the film yet, but but it's in my it's you it's know really awesome. Yeah.
1: And then uh, Five Rules of Success is a really incredible film. Um, we've known Orson Welles for a long time, seen all his films, and it's got to be my favorite one that he's done. I'm uh, gonna watch it soon. Yeah, I went to college with Orson. Wait, you went to Emerson College?
0: Yeah. Did you go you to, to Emerson to College? No way. Yeah, when did you graduate? So I grad. I- I'm 36. I was class of I was class of 2007, but I. Like didn't graduate because I wanted to keep getting my student discounts, and I also just hated everybody and was like, "Fuck <laughs> you! I'm not gonna let you call me a graduate. Like I'm not gonna <laughs> let you like think success on this." Yeah. So I just I think I'm either '09 or '10 or something, but like I was supposed to be '07, and yeah, I should have yeah. been but we I. Were just not,
1: we were there at the same time. We were '09. Uh, so I mean, we're same- yeah. uh, that's wow. A-
0: I'm sure we hung out or, or no, we probably didn't. I didn't hang out with anyone. I hated everybody. I didn't <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where
0: are you guys originally from?
1: We're from Rhode Island originally. So it's wow. close to Emerson. It was super easy to like duck out for the weekends and shoot a movie back home and have all the action. That's what to- I
0: did. Yeah, yeah. I came back, I'm from New York, but I came back to New York. So that's why I didn't really, so when I was first, my first couple of years, I just hated everything. I kind of got there and like, i didn't know it was like so comedy heavy and stuff like that so i thought this was like i was going to film school and i was going to hang out with like people who like honest you know like so i love american vandal and cobra kai actually but i tend to hate like comedy like in general so but like i actually I, i really really do like I don't care. I don't know. There's no way that I could say this in a way that can come off sincerely. But, like, I'm seriously, like, an American Vandal and Cobra Kai fan. I'm sure there's other shit that, like, I didn't even write down that you've done that I don't give a fuck about. But, like, those two, like, I really genuinely love. Like, I flipped out when they canceled American Vandal. I thought that was crazy. Like, I thought it was
1: genius. Um,
0: But part of me was, like, I got to – So, so Block Island Sound is the kind of movie that, like – I thought I was going to film school with people who would make that kind of movie. Not the kind of people who wanted to make, you know, Netflix comedies. And I ended up at school with a bunch of people who wanted to make what would later become, we didn't know at the time, Netflix comedies. And that, like, was an existential crisis for me. So I wasn't really friends with anyone. And then I left and came back to New York and, like, found my, like, different, you know, my kind of vibe film people. And then when I went back to Emerson to finish, I was going to New York so much to shoot that I, I also didn't have any friends. So it was like, <laughs> it was like even when I was like open to, to talking to people, I was just like, I did classes 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Tuesday and Thursday.
1: And, that oh, was it. Yeah. and then I
0: left and took the feng hua at 10.30 p.m. Oh, oh man. I did you take like, the feng
1: hua like four times a week going back and forth in New York? I loved it. I had a mini DVD player that <laughs> So, did you watch your mini dvd player in the breakdown lane all the time
0: <laughs> for nine hours yeah like i would have i would bring extra chargers with me because you never know what's gonna happen in the breakdown lane you know yeah wow no t- it's like till six in the morning when you know oh, no man. you know what like everyone said that in defense of feng wa, that's the cliche that they break down i'll tell you I never once had one of those breakdowns later after I graduated when I came back once I had one of those breakdown trips but not one of my you know while I was an undergrad did I ever have one of those crazy epic you know
1: nine hour fun lots wow I just I just remember I don't know how long it was but they always felt so long and I just remember how like sticky and sweaty i was by the end like there's just something about it
0: sweaty for sure
1: yes yeah
0: (laughs) and i i remember this i'm haunted by this guy that i sat next to i mean it's like it's like not entirely funny but it's like because like it was a guy with ptsd who was triggered on the bus and he was talking to me and i and i could see that he was getting triggered by things and he was talking to me about his ptsd and then i would see him go places and i was terrified so he was talking to me regular about he just got got back from over there and you know he's he's whatever they call it i forget but like you know ptsd like he's not okay he can't serve anymore and um and i see him his reacting to sounds and stuff and I was, I sat next to that man for, a, you know, a long time. And I was terrified.
1: So intense. I yeah. can't even that's, that's, that's was, I
0: should make that movie. Pretty like,
1: <laughs> <Yeah, for> sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, wow. I can't believe I didn't put two and two together that you guys are Emerson guys. That makes so much sense. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have, I, I hit up Orson the other day. I told him I would do it later because like I, there's so much crammed into this festival. Yeah. yeah. Connected to them later.
1: So you got to check out his film. It's, it's, it's I know. really awesome.
0: Yeah. It's cool yeah. Yeah. That's wow. Wow. So we're so well represented in Fantasia festival. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, let's talk about like, like more important, you know, like relevant shit. Like, okay. So tonal shift in your milieu, like in, in your, yeah. ooh, sorry. Like,
1: yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's funny when we were, um, in college we were doing more stuff like this and a lot of our pilots tend to be more grounded science fiction. Uh, so for a long time, that's, that's what we've been wanting to do. Uh, our first feature, uh, was a dark comedy. Uh, and then we produced a horror film. Uh, so both weren't quite, you know, the, the ownership in the, in the genre of course didn't really line up quite with where, uh, we wanted our our careers to go and where we wanted some of these pilots to go. Uh, and, uh, this really became an opportunity to say, okay, if we want to do grounded science fiction, uh, how do you do it in a way uh, that you can do for a, a lower budget? That's a story we really want to tell. And hopefully um, can kind of show people uh, what our desire is to do uh, yeah. for future films. Um, so that, I feel like that was where the Blackhound set in a lot of ways really got to start.
0: It's yeah. I mean, I see the, I see the makings of it in, in in American Vandal, where where American Vandal sort of puts a Netflix. The reason why I love American Vandal is because it puts a sort of Netflix like fun and light filter, like like gel over something that's like super real and like not necessarily dark, like like because people use people throw dark around, but it's just like a deep dive into a psychological phenomena of these people.
1: Yeah, that was a really special thing about that project. Tony and Dan, when they first pitched it, I I mean, I I was in love with their whole pitch, and I was like, I just got to be a part of this thing. But it was also, it sounds like it's going to be a really great viral video that's three minutes long. You know, and when the trailer came out, that was basically the reaction was like, this trailer's hilarious. how are they gonna do eight episodes of this nonsense and what was special was they were like it's yes it's a joke but we're not making fun of true crime we love true crime and we want to basically use all the things we love about true crime and infuse it into this seemingly silly story to the point where you're actually invested in these characters and you're actually feeling for them and that was such an exciting thing because it's pretty daring if you if you fuck that up and then all of a sudden you've got you know, uh, something completely misses the mark. Like, why are (laughs) they trying to take this dick joke and make it serious? Yeah, if you miss, you miss hard. (laughs) It's like we're going on such a limb of, like, trying to make you really empathize and believe in these characters and try and get invested Uh, I think dick joke. When writing the scripts, you know, I really believed in it. I thought it it had the potential to be great, but it, it really came down to Tony's directing that was the thing that finally got it to the goalposts. And when I watched the rough cuts of series it was really thrilling because it's like holy shit he pulled it off you know and so yeah it was an exciting exciting show to be a part of
0: that one episode the party episode is like i mean canon it's like pantheon it's so (laughs) it's so well executed like it's it's yeah it's it's like it's funny how this how american vandal like sounds like a cool, funny, one-liner joke, you know, like a concept, a 30-second trailer, like you said, uh, and then it takes on the arc of like the best shows that, you know, the classic shows where there's always that like, you know, um, what's the, the the Breaking Bad episode that's the one before the, the last one, whatever it's called, but like,
1: yeah. The- the-
0: yeah, the one where, you know, whatever, I won't spoil breaking bad for anyone, but like like the one that, that uh that Ryan Johnson did yeah, is yeah, yeah. like the you know, it it's yeah. like the whole season's great, but it's like three quarters of the way in, it fucking soars. We
1: were and like talking American Melbourne and- yesterday. We were- <laughs> <laughs> that that literal <laughs> episode we were talking about yesterday, where we like it's it just gets you it has you so by the throat in that moment. That's, like, that's, that's the goal, I think, with any project you're working on, is to have that kind, of, that kind of pull on your audience.
0: It's really cool. It's only developed over the last, you know, like, of this, of this last decade of television. Like, it, it, old series don't have that. Like, the X-Files didn't have, you know, were, I guess because it was on a sweeps arc but it really happened when you got down to that like 10 episode thing where there's like that peak that happens in like around 75% of the way through the season. And it becomes like, you really, yeah, you sunk your teeth into the, the audience really cares. And then you just give them this like, holy shit episode without having to resolve everything you get to just go full on. We're going to tell a story. We're going to execute some awesome, you know,
1: performative directing everything. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, um, I feel like part of that must come from finally having shorter orders of like 10 episodes. I feel like right. finally there's a structure that's really starting to develop for people to uh, to borrow from and enhance and build on in a way that, that, you know, whatever it was, 22 episodes of the 90s, you just yeah. never had a chance to put structure to a whole season. It was just episode by episode. They have a structure and that's it. Yeah, So it's cool watching Uh, television really uh, form a structure the same way like the best features do.
0: So on uh, something I noticed today uh, back on, on Block Island Sound, I read the Deadline article from a while ago with the announcement for the film. And I sensed from that announcement that the story evolved a lot from Inception to like either the edit or the shoot because it seemed like the sister was really like the lead character originally, the way it was announced was that it was her story. And, and the brother was like barely The brother was like down in the paragraph, like his part of the story. It's, it's the sister discovers the dad has a problem and then, you know, she's got the brother and the friends and stuff around. But so what, I don't know. I mean, don't, don't say anything out of school, but like, yeah. Where did that come from? Where would that develop?
1: It's funny. It's, it, that's something that has sort of, I think, followed us for a lot of our movies, where we will start off and go, like, our first movie uh, is about 14-year-old kids who get into trouble and stuff. And the main character was sort of your every man that you could kind of root for. And then the, the side character was a more troubled kid who was struggling. And then as we, that was actually, while we were in the edit, we were like, this is really more of this kid's story. We went back and shot a couple more things to lean into it. Uh, it's funny how oftentimes who we th- originally think the secondary character is, becomes the more complex character with more of an arc. And I think that happened with this one too. I think through the get- at the, at the get go, we really thought it was gonna be more of Audrey's story and-, and Harry, I think just presented himself to us in a way that we realized like, this is the guy who's really struggling in this. This is the guy that has really the momentum here. Um, and it's also a bit of a two-hander when you really look at it. I mean, the film, in a lot of ways, becomes Audrey's story by the end. Uh, but it's a, a funny thing where, uh, especially, like, a, that Deadline article, when you're creating those synopsis when you're trying to come up with the, the most, the, the easiest, most economical way to tell this story, you kind of have to, like, pick and choose who you're going to focus on. It's, uh,
0: also, it's also meaningless, you know, for anyone listening that doesn't sure. like it, you could make anything up like i'm, I'm not, I have a film premiering in October, and like i'm literally like my synopsis is like like i, I wrote a bunch that are just like they are they are meaningless they've very little like <laughs> i don't give a fuck what they're they're just basically sentences that like you know I think are cool and they are like kind <laughs> of affiliated with my movie, but like I don't actually want to tell you i'm like go watch the fucking
1: movie yeah, I, I feel, I feel about. it, I feel that's uh always the things like how do we tell the least amount possible and still try to entice someone to actually watch the film yeah. uh it kind of reminds me of um uh, every time mad men would have like a, hey here's what's on the next episode they do that little 60 second thing uh they never said a fucking word you ever watch any of those next time on mad men it's always people saying one word at a time none of it pieces together it's
0: insane <laughs> uh and, and i feel like that's on the, um, the last up.
1: week on the, like like
0: some of the the pres- like actually like good shows have been doing that like i don't i don't want to say west maybe west world but like some of the prestige shows are doing that with the when it's like previously on um and yeah. they're doing these like silent montages and it's yeah it's cool i like that
1: yeah yeah, The the one show that does it that I get a kick out of, of course, is, like, all the Rick and Morty synopsis. When you, like, look at each episode, it's just like, yo, watch this one, bro. This one gets crazy, bro. Watch it. Right. And every time I'm trying to click through to find an episode, like, I'll I'll watch one here and there. And I'll go, oh, what was the last one I watched? And none of the synopsis are helpful. You're always like, I have no fucking clue <laughs> what the last episode was. There's not one clue into figuring out what the episode was actually about.
0: I think about that stuff sometimes and, like, that – it's part of the art and like we're with, we kind of uh, we're in this joyous moment of creativity where it can be total and every aspect of the outreach to the audience. Like it starts at your deadline article, you know, like your movie, Block Island Sound began when you, you know, when you did some deadline article, whatever it was a year or two ago. And if you cultivate art, emotion, metaphor, whatever in that as well, like, it's kind of cool. You craft this whole, like this, this longer story. It's not, not just a two hour story. It's a whole life.
1: I mean, you have the
0: ability to do that now. It's
1: cool. That's such a good point. I mean, it is, uh, everything has become so multimedia where it's like, I was just talking to my wife about, um, when Saw first came out and, uh, and and The Strangers and how those are a couple of movies that got me uh, uh, warmed up to the idea of horror films. They used to be scared of them. I, was, I don't know if I can do it, and then you watch those and you get oh, so wow. glued into, not just the trailer, but I remember Saw, I, I wanna say had a website that was scary, yeah, and we, we, would, we would go and check out the, the fucking website, you know, uh, and and search through it, and it. had music to it and everything built into it that part of my experience with thought isn't even the movie, it's the promotional material that led me to the movie. Or with The Strangers, it was that incredible trailer that made me go, I got to watch this fucking movie. Yeah. And, and there are things from that trailer that I still rip off and put into movies now. I'm like, that was so scary. Wow. And the fact that they, they had my attention within two minutes uh, means they were doing something right. I should examine it and try and pick it apart and figure out how they did that. I've
0: always, like, I want trailers to be, I'm not gonna make a trailer or like, a po- like the poster for my film is not in my film. It's another thing. The poster for my film is actually, a, the poster for the short film is actually an image from the feature that follows it. And I don't comment on it. I just let <laughs> that live. And <laughs> at some point, someone will connect that. And yeah. great. But like the whole time, it's evocative, it it feels like it, you know, so I want them to just look at it as an image that will still will stay with them. And then one day it will have a second meaning. And you know, I think about that with like, uh, you know, I had three versions of Blair Witch Project that happened for me, I was on a blog, you know, on some like, like dial up website find some, some I don't know, whatever about this, uh, like, like some story about this thing. I watched a few clips. I wasn't able to get the whole thing. Um, and then someone sent us a VHS. My dad got a VHS of it. Uh, yeah. And we were at summer camp, and we watched it at summer camp, not knowing, like, more of the context. All I had was that I had read some blogs about it before we found out what it really was. Then we watched the movie at summer camp. And then when I got back and we found out everything, and I mean come on that's the best way to see
1: that movie. that's amazing I'm so jealous that you got that experience that's so sick yeah. I had the
0: internet version then I had the it's almost like a snuff film sent to my camp you know they're, they're watching it in a bunk with a bunch of 15 year old or whatever probably 13 year old boys like yeah just like what the fuck is this is this a real movie like you know yeah <laughs> that's so good uh so you guys are from Rhode Island and yeah. tell me the. I, I mean, uh, like, I don't know, do it in like a, you haven't said it a thousand times already. And cause I haven't, I haven't heard the other interviews yet. So I know sure. you've gotten this question, but like, I don't know, do it however you want to do it. And like, I'd rather you tell me like anecdotes that you haven't given already, but like, <laughs> obviously there's personal, you know, local legend stuff that comes in here. People yeah. like give it to me. I'm I'm really interested. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean the the way the film really uh got its start, I feel like was uh in some ways back when we were in college, uh we were shooting a movie. It was our film two project, sixteen millimeter film, we had two thousand bucks to make it. And our idea was to make a, a zombie film. it's we're like, this can be fucking awesome. Let's do a zombie film on 16. And then we wrote the script and we're like, how the fuck are we gonna do a post-apocalyptic setting on a two thousand dollar budget in college? I wanted to do a western for my
0: film too, by the way. Oh man, It didn't, <laughs> didn't happen. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I feel like someone did a western. Uh, Kenan <laughs> Ken oh, yeah. Ken yeah. Schmiesi did one that was yeah. pretty fucking rad. Yeah, that was rad. Um, and the but yeah, so kind of similar to that, we're like, let's let's do it. as ambitious as possible. How do we do this thing? And we were trying to come up with ideas. There's like an old Air Force base in Quonset that we were like. Maybe we could shoot there. It feels empty, but that didn't quite work out. And eventually Matt came up with the idea. He's like, there are these little touristy islands off the coast of New England that this time of year are pretty quiet. uh, And no one's really there. So, of course, there's like Martha's Vineyard and and Nantucket, which are bigger islands that actually have people living there year round or a lot of people. Then there's like the not named brand ones. Yeah. I mean, then there's, yeah, Block Island is sort of the Rhode Island equivalent of that. And it is, there's, there's tens of thousands of people over the summer, but over the winter, it's like 800 people that live there. So it's completely empty. And not only that, but so many of those houses are seasonal, so they get boarded up over the winter. So when you go over there, it truly feels like a post-apocalyptic setting that you're just walking into. And when we went over there to shoot that film, we kind of fell in love with what felt like a almost Stephen King-style setting, right? It felt like- Oh, hell yeah. New England, winter- and we're like, we gotta come back, we gotta do a bigger film here. Uh, so that's really what inspired the desire to get back there with the Black Island Sound. And I think if I'm being honest with myself, I feel like we're not done with it. I, I, I would love to go back and do another one there and, cool. and do even more of the shoot on the island. Uh, one, one of the exciting things too was, you know, when you start writing a movie, we you, you knew what we wanted the movie to basically be, but you start doing research on the island. And you're like, what are the ghost stories here? Like, what are anecdotes that we can like infuse into the movie? And one of the really exciting things about it was learning about the Palantine, which was a ship, I think it was 1800s or something, it was forever ago, that was in the Block Island Sound, and then uh, I think half the crew went missing. And so there's all these stories of, you know, was it a sea creature? Was it ghosts? Was it pirates who came on and killed all these people? And nobody really knows what happened. And that became a really exciting thing because it feels in a lot of ways like, this can be the next iteration of the Palantine, you know, happening to this this small family and this small island. And there's a there's a moment where Jim Cummings' character, Dale, you know, mentions the Palantine kind of briefly. So if you know the lore of it, you realize, oh, this can actually be connected to this real thing that happened. So Jim
0: Cummings' character sort of becomes this isn't really like a spoiler, this is just like characterization. Like um, he becomes sort of the vessel for you to deliver all of that research, whatever it may have been. He's yeah. like a conspiracy theorist, and the local like I've been gathering all of this, you know. He's yeah. Matthew McConaughey at the end of True Detective.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that one of those characters that's like, for, you know, I mean, essentially, he's essentially a trope, right? You always have that trope of the conspiracy theorist who knows everything that's going on, and we're like, it's a fun character. We always love that character. Let's write him in uh, this movie. And little do we know how quickly uh, the conspiracy theorist would become like such a major part. <laughs> of our cultural experience, especially over the last year. So something it feels even that much more relevant these days uh, than it did when we were working on it. So it was a kind of a fun character to get into and then uh, strangely a spooky character to get to know even further the, you know, the last couple of years. Where did, so,
0: I mean, just on Jim specifically, like, where did he come into the picture? I love, I, I, I think he's, I love Thunder Road. Yeah. I yeah. love his sort of, just, like, his Twitter presence as, as, as a guy. Um yeah. just So, he's
1: awesome. Like, so. Yeah, super inspiring. Funny. Jim is also an Emerson guy. I don't know if you know that. I but... didn't to know that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. That's awesome. Cool. So, yeah. we've been close buddies since then. Uh, oh, yeah. Back then with him, and, uh, Thunder Road is an exciting thing. I mean, I remember when he made the short and uh, we got to go up to Sundance and, and watch it with him. Maybe and, I knew that. Maybe I knew that and, like, I'm forgetting it. But, yeah. Sure, sure. But, yeah, so he's, you know, he's been a close collaborator for a really long time. And, uh, yeah, it was exciting to get him in, in this movie. He was uh, in the last movie we produced as well. And, yeah, the guy, he just brings so much charisma and so much to characters that that is unexpected. And it's so exciting to work with a guy like that who just breathes life into yeah you can take your script and just find fun ways to uh to expand upon it uh with his dialogue and make it even more fun to read and then you get to take credit for it which is fucking great
0: <laughs> no there the, he verges on
1: multiple times
0: in the film he verges on like overtaking the scene like he's yeah. so charismatic yeah he's just he's so awesome that there's moments where he like he gets too much attention from my, like my me as a viewer. I'm like paying too. Much. I know I'm like I'm, I, I become conscious that I'm paying too much attention to the secondary character. Who's, yeah,
1: what's uh, fun, what was fun about him in particular was that uh, you know the film and a lot of those scenes are, are is a pretty serious film, uh, and you need those little breaths of, of air where you can kind of release the tension. So the scenes with Jim and then uh, like the other local uh was played by PJ McCabe, the two of them would just bring so much comedy to the scene and just lighten everything up and then it gives you a chance to start rationing up that tension again. So it was really, uh, I think it, it breathed life into every scene that they show up in.
0: That's cool, that's, that's so funny, so much Emerson. Is there anyone else from Emerson at this festival?
1: I know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I mean, a ton of our crew is Emerson people, cinematographer, and that's person. awesome. Wow. Yeah, even uh, <laughs> the American Films <laughs> guys who created Vandal were collaborators of ours from Emerson.
0: I don't uh, realize. I like don't. I don't really keep up. Like, I just, sure, sure. I just don't know. That's awesome. I yeah. saw. Did you know Jackson Hunt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. worked on our, our first film. Oh, cool. He yeah. shot. He like did. I don't know. I think it was my maybe my film too. Oh, he cool. shot some film, film for me at super school. talented, yeah. Great. Yeah. And he just did Betty on HBO, which I really loved. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that.
1: That's great. I gotta check that yeah.
0: out. Yeah, which is so him. Like, just makes so much sense. It's yeah. so his style. It's really good. So how did, how do you see, okay, so like, you know, extrapolating a little bit, um, you know, went to film school, like, fill in some of the gaps I guess for like people listening who like what's the route you know everyone has a different route but the Netflix machine the YouTube machine with Cobra Kai which I guess now is Netflix but into you know your own indie film you know I I, I don't know how the financing came together but like you know I assume it had nothing to do with that stuff Um, so
1: yeah I mean we made our so we made our first movie maybe a year after Emerson with a bunch of Emerson, people who had just graduated, uh, and that was—I mean—that was the hardest one in a lot of ways because you yeah. raise all the money and you know had no track record whatsoever, and yeah. you're just going to anybody you've ever met who has a buck, and you're like, "Please, please, please, make this movie." Yeah. This is especially before Kickstarter too, so the idea of asking for money or for investments uh, was especially foreign, uh, and <laughs> we had to like learn pretty quickly of how to sound legitimate when asking and how not to be bashful how to just like shamelessly ask for way too much and it was shocking how many people were kind enough to help out and so we made that first movie uh and it was a blast still a learning experience but like really grinding it out while we were editing and just no fucking money and yeah we're just and then we were lucky enough that we got into south by southwest that that really jump-started our career and we were able to go from there and jump into doing some tv stuff and then i mean we're We just, we love making features and these kind of small indie features are really exciting because they just get to be, they get to be exactly what you want it to be. You know, you're, you're not trying, you're not having to like, uh, have a lot of masters with this. You know, it's really, it's just at the end of the day, it's it's live or die. It's, it's the movie you want to make. And so we, we've tried to make as many movies on our highest. It
0: either does something for you or it doesn't, but there's no one who's going to be mad about it but you
1: yeah exactly yeah it's it's totally it's totally on you whether or not it's a success or a failure um and it was uh essentially every time we go on hiatus from writing a tv show uh, we see if there's a chance for us to go shoot a feature or produce one or or get involved or or write a script the next one, whatever it might be uh so it's been a lot of back and forth between tv or developing television or uh getting behind our own features so it's really been a lot of our own, um, our own kind of push uh, to do that, uh, which is great. You get to feel like you're in the driver's seat a bit. And then, um, and then yeah, that kind of led us uh, to where we are now with, uh, with the Block balance Sound is very much the same process. And
0: premiering a film, premiering your film at, you know, digitally, like you're about to, about to do it. How does it feel? I mean, this is weird, right? But, like, what are you going through right now? Because this is a big deal. But, like, it's also you're
1: in your office, like, together. Yeah, I mean, it is is weird. I mean, it's – what's cool is Fantasia has been a big part of our indie film experience. All of our other movies have screened a Fantasia. And and Fantasia, it's it's such an intimate, awesome festival – Uh, And so we were missing that of course, you know, I'd way rather be in the the crowds are so rowdy. I'm just dying to be in that crowd. And, and then, you know, you know, like, okay, is this scene working or not? Like they're going to let me know. And that's really exciting. Um, Yeah, nothing becomes more crystal clear than having a crowd, uh, not react to a scene you thought they were going to react to. (laughs) Something like, okay, man, we could do some more work on that one. Or vice versa, like something that you're like, eh, you know, this is kind of a joke, but nobody's ever laughed at our small, you know, screenings and then all of a sudden people laugh at it and you're like oh okay yeah, that worked you know it's just an exciting thing so I, I miss all that but having said that i think fantasia is doing a really good job of uh, making this still feel you still feel some of the intimacy of the festival you know they're doing their best to keep it pretty uh connected and and kevin keeps saying he's like he just loves watching the the French commercials that come up before yeah. the movies. Cause it just, all of a sudden you're transported into Montreal and you feel like you're actually at the festival. I mean, so. I need,
0: I've i been watching press screeners, so I don't even know these. So I have to, I have to get the, I have to get some, I have to get like one official one so that I can, <laughs> you, you know what, whatever. I can just say this. Like, I think they like the Neil, uh, Neil Marshall, right? Neil Marshall, right? My uh, Charlotte Kirk husband, the reckoning, Neil Marshall, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, I think I think it's like there's like no presser for that so like I have to like buy the regular uh, I, I imagine there's no presser for all the shit that's going on right now I don't oh, know yeah. if you read, but like uh, so that one I'm gonna just like pay for it and then I'll see the commercials
1: <laughs> <laughs> but there is something, There's something really fun about we have a little projector in our office Yeah it's dark in here you throw it
0: on. Yours on a 12-foot screen by the oh, way. did you really? I oh, have a, I have a, right behind you? where you're sitting, I have a 12 foot screen. So I have a, I have a 4k right, Dude, right there
1: that, that's and it. I
0: have a 12 foot screen right behind you. And, uh, I've been
1: admiring your background, by the way. Where are you right now? Is this a castle? Like it's I can
0: you, basically, I live in like, so I'm in, I'm in New York. I have this like really weird townhouse that there's a book about it. Um, it's like, it's like a cave, it's really wild. That's my backyard behind me. I have, on the other side is a like a 30 foot waterfall. It's, oh there's a river in the floor right below me. It's really-
1: what, what part of New York are you in?
0: It's in Chelsea, like on 15th Street.
1: God damn, man, that's we're, sick.
0: We've gotta, so we're finishing on Monday. Um, I just ran out to get, like, my Zoom recorder. as That's why I laughed when you said Zoom recorder. Yeah. Um, I just ran out to Adorama to do a rental. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're finishing on Monday. before I'm moving to Rockaway Beach next week. Oh, cool. And we, uh, we're shooting – because I just want to live by the beach. I don't want to live in the city anymore. There's no reason. Like, so I'm that's getting scary. rid of this crazy place. But, um, yeah, so but we're shooting a, a short here. We, 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 we actually, like, we did two days already – but like we just keep not getting it exactly as I want. And like, it's just me and the homies. So yeah. it's funny, it's not Emerson kids, it's NYU kids. Cause those became like my people more than Emerson yeah. people yeah. because yeah. I yeah. came back to New York every week and that's who I ended up shooting with. But yeah, it's like, it's like my NYU, you know, it's like a student film, but we're 36. So like we're shooting on, you know, Alexa with crazy vintage cooks and like, it looks insane. Yeah. And it's just a movie in my house, and my house okay. is insane, so the movie looks like fucking incredible it's i I'm premiering my other film in October at like what uh, another i could tell you like not on this but uh and <laughs> that film doesn't look as good as this film, like <laughs> and I'm like we're spending zero dollars on or like a hundred and eight dollars on my zoom rental, you
1: know <laughs> yeah, that
0: film I spent so much money on
1: like <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, when you have this production design, though, I can imagine
0: it just... that's what I'm saying. Like, that's it. Yeah,
1: that's
0: it. Like, exactly. I just... I literally, like, I'm not moving anything. I'm just leaving this shit here. And, like, that's the shot. And, like, so this 12-foot projector that I set up in the middle of my... Like, in the... It's basically, like, the middle of this cave. And, like, so she walks into it, and I'm playing an Antonioni film that's, like, the reference point for this film. And she just, like, it projects on her... With the waterfall in the background, and it's just oh, like,
1: that's, that's it. I can't wait to it's, check this thing out, man. That sounds sick. I'll
0: send it to you when it's time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yo, you guys got a bunch of these. I don't want to keep you. And, uh, all right. You have a hard out right now, right? Don't you?
1: Uh, yeah. we can chat for a little bit longer. Yeah, think we, you be oh, out. okay. There, yeah, you be Okay,
0: out. okay, cool. I just wanted to respect your. your oh, yeah, here, sure. oh, cool. Um, oh, well, great. Well, yeah. Um, Shit, um,
1: I don't know. <laughs> we can also wrap
0: it up too. <laughs> there's no pressure to keep going. Song, yeah. No, no, no. We can keep going. Of course, there's tons of shit to talk about. I was like, I was just ready to wrap up. Um, well, okay, so, uh, what is like the? Someone said to me today, actually, a film producer friend said it's not about like what festivals you're at. It's like, it's about how you do them and what you get out of them. So like, what's your approach to this? I know you said you're super tight with the Fantasia people and really like dig the, the community. What's your approach? And maybe like think of it in the lens of like talking to other people who are thinking about, who are having the same things happen. Like, how do you do, how do you make the most out of this right now?
1: Yeah, it's so funny. I feel like we've always had, kind of the same plan every time we, we unroll, you know, roll out a film. Uh, you're targeting the festivals that um, can act as a jumping off point to try and sell it and get more exposure and all that Des. Uh Fantasia has been wonderful for that for us. You know, it usually draws uh, cool critics and gets press and gets a, a, you know, the fan base from Fantasia is so rabid that There's so much engagement, and it's fun to actually engage with the fans of Fantasia and 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 see their honest opinion on your film. Uh, So that's usually the approach: is hey, let's let's get it out there, let's see uh, to get the most out of it in a physical fest. This year, it's been reinventing the wheel, right? Because everything is either virtual or it's canceled or uh, it's whatever. So it's. you know, it, it's it's hard to say how to get the most out of this festival other than, like, trying to be as involved and available as, as humanly possible, and that's been kind of our approach. It's like, hey, let's, uh, let's try and be as much of an open book with screeners and with, uh, with our approach and being, you know, as available as possible. But it is, it's unusual. I don't know. I don't know how to, to give advice on on other filmmakers during a time like this hopefully I, this I hope yeah and i hope to god that we don't have another pandemic in five years where they're going to need to use this advice you know
0: <laughs> well i mean i'm i have it in october so it's definitely yeah. happening for we're we're going to get through i don't know i mean there's a chance the next the light at the end of the tunnel potentially is february for some yeah. Chance, yeah. but which which i think is pushed back to february not january but uh I don't know, i mean, that, I'm so excited for the potential of Sundance to happen. I'm, at, I'm really like, I'm on the side of um, conservative. Like, I don't yeah. want the movie theaters to open, but if they open, I'll go. Yeah, like, sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like
1: I'm dying to go. I'm dying to go to go open, but I'm dying to go. It, it kills me that of course, you know, safety reasons, everything are important. But it's like, man, that was my my therapy. It was like, you know. Oh, God, my church.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like,
1: what, you know, a long day, you have a moment on on a a free time on a day in the morning between pitches, whatever it might be. You're like, oh, there's a theater two blocks over. Let's jump in. Let's watch whatever is playing. Yeah. And that time in a theater. It is so golden, and it's like I always feel centered. Because when it's done, my wife keeps going like, e- "You need to get back to the movies because because uh, <laughs> you're stressed out right now." And going to the movies has a way of just like I don't know, yeah, recalibrating.
0: When I got back to, so I spent the whole year in Mexico, pretty much by like pretty much accidentally. I was there in the beginning of the year, and then like everything hit, and I just stayed. I came back to New York a month ago, and <clears throat> when I, one of the first things. So I shot that film. I started shooting. And then uh, right at, as soon as I had like downtime, first thing I did was I set up the screen. I moved the screen into like the biggest area of my house. Yeah. I don't normally do. Normally I have it in, I have it like like on a wall. Um, and I just was like, fuck it. I'm taking over. The, the whole room is going to be theater. And I set it up and I put on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh. And made a giant, I have a popcorn maker, and I made, like, movie theater popcorn. And I'm telling you, like, this was, I just felt, I felt amazing. Like, this was just, it felt so good. It was, oh yeah.
1: We went to go see a buddy's film at a, at a drive-in, maybe like an hour outside of Los Angeles. And that gave us, like, the closest feeling of, like, you know, the theater experience. Even though you're in a car and stuff, It still just like, yeah. okay, yeah, is what something. I need, you know. Totally,
0: we had one last night. My DP on this on this current film, one of his films, was playing Rooftop Films yesterday, but it got rained out. So, uh, like, that was like the first time I was going to watch a person's film who I know, you know, since it yeah. you know, happened, and it got rained out. It sucks. yeah. Uh, totally yeah, I don't know. Um, so, what you, what have you guys been spending the time? Are you are you trying? Are you developing stuff? Are you writing? Are you like? trying to do a, you know, some kind of indie shoot? Like, what are you thinking about?
1: We've been lucky to be so busy during the pandemic. You know, I think that writers are particularly lucky to be able to be working from home anyway, you know? Uh, And we've got some ideas for some stuff that we'd love to shoot. We're trying to figure out like, okay, what's the safest way to do this? Uh, So we've got a couple ideas that I think you could do socially distanced or you could create a bubble somewhere and just do everything in, in a singular space. So. Those are the kind of things we're circling right now. Um, it is funny though. Usually, at any given moment, there is a movie on our mind, like we got to make that one next, and you're pushing hard to get it to get it made. And with this pandemic, it has hit the pause button. On, there's two projects I was hoping to shoot this year, um and hopefully, they can turn back around next year to actually get shot. But it is uh it does it does you start to go okay? Well, how are we going to pivot? How are we going to make this happen? So it's. Uh, we have a couple other ideas that could be shot in a bubble with a small cast and all that jazz so it's uh i'm curious hopefully we'll have to pull the trigger on but maybe yeah yeah Uh, yeah yeah yeah. hopefully we'll be able to do whatever it is uh in, in the real world but we've got a lot of buddies who are producing movies and stuff right now out there and it just seems so challenging i was talking to a friend of mine who's doing a series and he's like yeah, every two days, like I'm afraid it's gonna fall apart. And then I, uh, you know, <laughs> we put out the fire and we figure it out and everybody's okay. And everybody's healthy, so we're gonna keep going. But it just seems to be just like a constant, like the floor is gonna just drop out from underneath his feet. And so I think if we were to do it, it'd have to be very uh, strict, very strict and very figured out. And just so you know, you can actually film the damn thing, you
0: know? <laughs> Yeah, it's scary. I mean, if you if you guys are busy writing, you're kind of disincentivized to rock the boat. Like, I know shooting is incredible, but, like, if you have the luxury of having awesome stuff to dive into, writing, like, I don't know. To me, yeah, like, that's a great spot to be in, honestly.
1: I mean, there's certainly projects that we've been looking for the time to actually be able to write, you know, that we've been... Diving for one project or one writer's room, whatever thing, and it's like it's uh, there's one project in particular that we're dying to into next, and the pandemic certainly has given us the time to be able to focus on it, which has been That's really cool. awesome. So that is being able to scratch that itch on the writing side is something that we really try to embrace. What's your
0: flow like, the the, the two of you? I mean, I'm, I, again, I'm sure like you've been asked this a million times, but like I, I'm, I'm actually interested, in my like personally, sure. like which. Is one of you more of a writer? Is one of you more of a director? Is one of you more camera? Is one of you
1: more actor?
0: Stuff like that. We do everything, I think, pretty
1: together. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're we're lucky. We've got a... There's just like a... I know, a good rapport with each other really. I mean it's like it's I think it's because we had all of our battles when we were like twelve years old and that's where <laughs> we were just like screaming fight with each other about the uh, the projects and now we finally figured out a way that's like, okay, this is the most effective way for us to actually make <laughs> this story happen. Uh, so it's good. I, I feel grateful, you know. I don't think I don't think every twin relationship is uh, is as really good as ours. I've heard of some other friends who like don't get along with their twins at all. And it's heartbreaking to me because it's, we're just so lucky. We're so lucky that we get along the way we do and that we have the same taste. And uh, so it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a good partnership thus far. Hopefully it doesn't fall apart at some point. Jerry's <laughs> <laughs> sure still out. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, Cause you're doing, so you do it like what? A, a Zoom Q and A in a couple hours. Like that's how they do it. Is they, it yeah. is
1: other people flash up or something or what? Like that's my understanding. So we're doing a Q&A with uh it's us, uh, and then uh it's our uh the Michaela and, and Chris who play Audrey and Harry, are all doing it. I'm not exactly sure how the questions are done. If it's if they take questions from the audience, it's I think it's mostly through uh, a, moderator. a moderator, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So which just seems like it's probably much cleaner to figure out. Yeah, but, yeah. that's probably true. Yeah. Um but yeah, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to. Get back into that and you know it's just so weird man it's so weird not to know not to know how the audience is reacting while it's playing but it'll be uh <laughs> right like yeah. i I've, I've shown my movie like I, I was on the phone
0: with with the programmer last night I, I, I got like the official last night and like she had to i was noticing how insecure i was on this call like because yeah. I, I was just, I thought she was doing me a favor. And like, she was like, no, 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 all the, there's like a lot of people who watched your movie. And like, like a lot of people, like I had very little to do with it. I'm just your friend. So I'm like the one who's on the email. But like, I'm like, oh, so other people watched it. Okay. Like, okay. This is, the whole programming team has to agree. Like, she's like, yeah, yeah. Like we like vote and stuff. And like, everyone watches your movie. And like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Just the concept, like without having the ability to like talk to just you know be in a room and see people react. Like I, I've shown the totally. room that, like on my hand, like, like fewer than than one hand, people in person. It's like it's so weird.
1: Yeah, it's. I wish it wasn't uh, an art form that uh, it's one of those art forms that I feel like you you just feel needy. You're like, I, I just need the validation. I need, I need the people. I was, like, so weird on the call last night. I was like, yeah. I was like a child. I was like, yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, you're done with the thing, and you're like, I, now I need my pat on the back. Please. I kept saying, thank,
0: thank you so much. So. I th- like, like And she was like, y- yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, this is what we do. This is, like, my job. You got selected for a film festival. Like, you know, and I'm like, I guess it's just, like, weird to understand that, like, a bunch of people watched it because I feel like I live you know I live in a cave and like yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I talk to like one person at a time and the idea of like multiple people engaging with something at once is so foreign to me she's like no thousands of people are gonna watch like when it is at the festival and I'm like that's that's crazy
1: it's funny man because <laughs> it's actually not that far off from doing TV you know when you do TV and I like, know true right. And I'm not going to really launch it with a crowd. And uh, maybe somebody will tweet about it. That'd be cool. Like, <laughs> you really don't have that
0: it's direct. So, my, so, you know what? Actually, this is funny. I didn't even bring this up. Like, so my, like, actress in the film is Isabel Sandoval. And her film came out uh, what today. Yeah, like, uh, on Array, on Netflix. Um, Ava DuVernay's company just wow. it through Netflix. And it is, like, every article is, it's, it's, it's like, blowing up. It's huge. Like, uh, the reviews are nuts. And, and every writer, so she was hitting me up and she was telling me all like the names. She was doing it like very like shy and telling me the names of the writers who are interviewing her. And they're all like the biggest writers, you know? Yeah. And she was like asking me in this, she's, she's in North Carolina, in her friend's house, by her, you know, by herself. Like she's been there for months and she's just like there. But like, she's like trending on Twitter. Yeah. And has like, no awareness of it like, like she's aware but she doesn't like really you know like yeah. she knows that it's like like she's getting the calls and she's she's reposting all the things but she's like not it, it's so why and she's also just very like she's she's you know she's humble and like centered but her thing is is like hot right now she's got like a big you know the way that American vandal like when it's got its Netflix moment, like, her, her movie's having its, like, moment That's right so now. Cool. Good for her, man. That's so exciting. Like, yeah, you know, I'm really excited, yeah. And it's just, it's funny how, like, she's, like, asking me, like, how big of a deal it is. <laughs> and I'm, like, telling her, like, I'm trying to, like, quantify for her. Like, you know, like no. you know, these people write books and they're interviewing you. like.
1: It's funny because I feel like so many artists have, imposter syndrome you know and it is yeah. so much more heightened when you are when the uh, the exciting stuff and the, the press and the the validation is all happening but you're like sitting at home on your toilet and you're no, like is we were really
0: venice for the film we, we premiered the film at venice and wow. that's a whole different you know that's like you know we were on the fucking water and it's like beautiful and she's in the hollywood reporter and shit and like yeah. now it's actually coming out to the world and like she's in north carolina like sitting in a fucking house on the on the on a rocking chair, literally on yeah. a rocking chair.
1: Like, <laughs> right, 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 Yeah, that's so funny, man. Yeah, it's a joke. So uh, like
0: I'm gonna watch the movie, I'm gonna be in my house, and like it's gonna be, the world premiere is gonna be happening, I'm just gonna like be alone, like, or I'll be, have friends over or something. I'm gonna yeah, like, yeah, yeah. in my backyard. But like, maybe I'll like sink it, or something like that, but like, mm-hmm. you know, great. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, well, you this is great, Jen. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. This is really great. Uh, oh, thank you. Another congrats uh, on the film. Yeah, thanks, yeah, yeah. man. And keep us posted uh, with your project. I love to check it out.
0: Oh yeah, I can tell you like offline what sure. I I'm just like not. They don't want me to say you know what it is. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, but, uh, sure. I'll I'll ping you guys. I'll ping you guys separately. Um, good. Good show, but yo, congrats on the film. I really really enjoyed it. I love where it. Like I I love the. Oh, I don't want to say what, whatever just I you know I've I really enjoyed like the ending and, and where like, sort of tied threads together um and I I think you know people are gonna fucking dig it and and I'm happy that some Emerson guys are, are doing cool stuff and uh, I'm happy to happy to be connected and and yeah that's so funny I, I'm gonna tell Orson right now It's great <laughs> that's yeah. great yeah all right man we'll talk all soon right, best of luck tonight enjoy thanks a lot really appreciate it all right